Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Let's study the Word here for a, just a few moments together on the subject of divine health and healing. Everybody say, I believe, I receive healing from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. Jesus name from my spirit from my spirit redeemed of God I release God's healing power through faith and confession to go throughout my body energizing my glands my organs every part of my body so that I might be the healed of God in Jesus name now, real quickly, we're going to come back to 1 Corinthians 11 when we receive communion, but I'm going to just one scripture, then I want to go to Proverbs, then we'll go back to Romans real quick. Verse 30, 1 Corinthians 11, For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. Now, the Apostle Paul, in writing to the church at Corinth and the church in Galveston, makes this statement and says there's a cause that many people are weak and sickly and many people sleep or they die prematurely. Now, go to, go to Proverbs chapter 26. We'll come back there. Let me get my marker. We'll come back here where we receive communion. Now, go to Proverbs 26 verse 1. It says, As snow in summer and as rain in harvest, so honor is not seemly for a fool. As the bird by wandering, as the swallow by flying, so the curse causeless shall not come. Amplify said, so, so, the curseless, so the causeless curse does not alight. I looked at several other. Uh, one of them says that the curse shall be driven away. One says the undeserved curse shall never hit its mark. Amen. Now, I've heard this taught on before and taught on it myself many times. If you have a, have a situation in your physical body, you need to begin to do an inventory of your life. you got to go and start uh, uh, checking up on, you know, your behavior, your activity. Your, I mean, I do it for every area of my life. I begin with my love walk because that's the most important thing because that's the, that's the law we live under. You know that all of the law of the old covenant is, is uh, contained in the law of the new covenant, which is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as you love yourself. I mean, that's the, that's the command. If you step out from under that, then you're breaking the commandment of God. Secondly, I check up on my, my consecration to the Lord, my consecration to what God has uh, called me to do. I begin to look at my Bible study life. I begin to look at my prayer life. I begin to look at my interaction with people around me. I mean, you got to go through and you got to you got to cross all the T's and dot all the I's to make sure that there's no cause for the curse. Because really, if there's a cause for you to be sick and infirmed, then you can use all the authority in the Bible. It's not going to work for you until you get that curse out of your life. And thank God, the Bible says Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, Jesus being made a curse for us, for it is written, uh, Cursed is anyone that hangs on the tree, that the blessings of Abraham 
uh, might flow out unto us, the Gentiles, that we might be partakers of the Spirit of God by faith. And all those things listed in Deuteronomy chapter 28 talks about all these different infirmities and diseases. And I like what some one of the speakers during the conference said. It even mentioned uh, senility, you're, you're losing your memory and things like that, the, the Alzheimer's and the different things that we see in our day and hour that say caused by this or caused by that. Well, that's under the curse. And the Bible says the curse causeless shall not come. But also it said over there in 1 Corinthians, for this cause or for this reason, many are sick, many are weak, and many die prematurely. Now, in my years of ministry and serving the Lord, I've seen that happen. And it's a man, it, it breaks my heart to see that happen. Especially men and women who have a great call of God upon their life. And many times what happens is people get up, end up being disappointed. They end up being offended. They get out of their place. And then all this stuff just kind of piles into their life, and they just wonder why. You know, you've got to guard uh, your church life and your church activity. You've got to guard your relationships with people that you have. You've got to guard. Listen, you got to, the Bible says give no place to the devil. Amen. And the enemy many times, many times will come to your mind and try to convince you uh, that somebody doesn't like you or somebody says things about you. Now, let me just say this. Don't get mad at me. Say, don't get mad at the pastor. But let me say this. Our social media, Facebook, uh, what are some of the other ones, Leah? Twitter, Instagram, whatever, has proven itself to me not to be the most healthy format in our nation. I've seen, I've seen, I know of a particular church that, that literally when Facebook first started, an incident happened in that church and it happened to the pastor's daughter and today that church does not exist. Does not exist. And listen, it's amazing how people will get on those venues and they'll say things, but you know, once you write it down, it's kind of like I heard of a teacher one time that, that was teaching a Christian school and were teaching her, her kids about words. And, they, and, you know, they were like second or third graders. So she went out and bought a bunch of little bitty uh, tubes of toothpaste about that big. You know, you can get them at the drugstore, travel, travel size, you know, and put one on every desk. She said, now, everybody, take out a piece of paper. They all took out a piece of paper. She said, now, empty that tube of toothpaste on that paper. And all they had a good time getting all that toothpaste out of that tube. Then she said this, now put it back in. And they were all like, we can't do that. And she said, that's how your words are. Once they get out, you can't put them back in. So you've got to guard your words. You've got to guard your heart. You've got to guard all of those things. You know, myself, I don't get involved in it because I'm involved in enough words as it is. Amen. And teaching and preaching the Word of God. And, and you know, I, I, about as far as I go is texting. That's about as far as I go. And so not everybody has my phone number. I kind of guard that. But, you know, you've got you've to be careful how you communicate. Now, over in Romans, let's go there and we'll look real quick at Romans because we're talking about healing, divine health, getting the curse of sickness and disease off of you. Romans chapter 12. Whoops, I'm in Corinthians. Let me get over to Romans. Romans chapter 12, I'm not going to go through the first two scriptures because that's going to get me in trouble. I'd end up teaching on it and we're limited on our time. It says, for I say, verse 3, for I say through the grace given unto me to every man and woman that is among you, not to think of himself or herself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God has dealt to every man or woman the measure of faith. Now, we're not going to study that because we're not studying faith. But then it says this, 
For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. Having then gifts differing, now notice this, according to the grace that is given unto us. Now, we must understand that we are all a part of one another in the body of Christ, just like our physical organs and our body is put together by God in order to create a functioning entity. Amen. You know, <laughs> I better not say that. Anyway, something another preacher said that I'm not going to repeat. But we must understand that in a physical body, there's all kinds of functions. And one function cannot take the place of another. You know, if you, if you go to somebody and you say, you know, you, you go to the doctor, you know, I say, doctor, I've lost, you know, 30 pounds in the past month, and, and I don't feel good, and I'm getting any sleep, and, and, and the doctor, one thing he might say to you is he says, you know, well, how, what are you eating? What do you? He says, well, you know, uh, steak, potatoes, I've got a great diet, all this. But, you know, I really don't want to eat with my mouth. I'm trying to shove it in my ear. Well, the doctor would look at you and say, what? You, gotta, you don't have a physical problem. you got a mental problem. Uh, you know, I mean, but you say, well, you know, I really don't like eating with my mouth, the taste of food and chew, all that chewing and swallowing is just, just. So, you know, what I've been trying to do is I've been grinding it up, putting it in the blender, trying to pour it in my ear and thinking that maybe I'll get some. It don't work. It don't work. Let's just say it like this. Your ear does not have mouth grace. Amen. And your mouth does not have ear grace. And you can say that about every organ of your body. So you've got to understand that in the body of Christ, we all have a particular or unique grace for us to be in the body. Many times people will come into a church like this, and what they need to do is just sit there for a while and be assimilated into the church. And as you're assimilated into the church, then you begin to find what your grace is. But a lot of people are just too anxious well, I need to be doing this, or I need to be doing that. And many times when you get out of your place, then that's when the curse can cause come on you physically. I had a couple of friends very close to me that I love very much, that I very much tried to help. And both of them in a church situation at one time were very much flowing in the things of God, uh, being used by God in their particular function in the body of Christ, uh, being blessed of God. But both of them ended up you know, estranged from the move of God, angry, offended, mad, and both of them died prematurely, a death that was not very good, you know. I mean, I believe God will give you a good home going. I mean, can agree with that. But, you know, I, and, I, and, and both of these particular gentlemen at the latter stages of their life, which neither one of them should have died at that age, died prematurely, I talked to them. And what happened was, in my conversation with them, they were full of regrets and what-ifs. Amen? Now listen, there comes a period of time in all of our lives in the body of Christ in which you just have to weather all of the, quote, politics that goes on in the world and in ministry and all that kind of stuff. Keep yourself unoffended. Stay in your place in order to keep yourself physically healthy. Amen? You mean, I mean, 
ministry itself affords you many opportunities. You say, well, have you ever wanted to quit? Ever Monday. <laughs> Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday. Amen. I mean, the pastor and his wife and his kids are the most judged people in the church. People bring judgments against you. They talk about you. Things are said on all that social media about you. I mean, you know, if, if Breland gets in trouble, you know, if Breland does something wrong, she's got the devil in her. You know, if it's your kids, then they're just mischievous. But if it's the pastor's kids, well, it's the devil in them, you know. Well, you got, you got to learn to weather all that kind of stuff and stay, and stay right there where you need to be in God. And the Bible says that all of us have a particular place and a particular function, and you can't force yourself into that place. You're gently brought into that place by the grace that is upon you. And one of the signs that you're in a place you're not supposed to be is there's no grace in that place. Everybody say, no grace in that place. And we were in Ireland. This is The move of God began there for us in 1988. When we went there, we found literally nothing. A little bit of spark left over from a Catholic charismatic move. We thank God for that. But as we begin to minister, people begin to come together and they begin to desire churches. You know, there is what the Bible calls two phases to every church. There is the gathering together and then there's the assembly thereof. And what happens is churches go in and out of those two phases. There'll be a phase in which people are gathered together, and then over the years, the devil offends different things. People leave the church, things So God will start that process over again. But all the while that is going on, he's taking people that are faithful and people that he knows are not going to get offended, people that are going to stick with it, and he's assembling them into the body. Now, those processes were beginning in Ireland. And listen, any time that God starts a process in the kingdom, the enemy always tries to usurp that. And listen, everybody, every, every person over in Europe and different places, I mean, every nut came out of the woodwork. I mean, I'd be in meetings and up preaching, and, and somebody would get up in the back and start prophesying. I'd say, sit down. And they'd, they'd sit down. Then they'd get up five minutes later and start prophesying. I'd say, sit down. And they get them start prophesying. And then one time, one of them challenged me and says, what makes you think that you're in charge of this meeting and not me? I says, because I'm in the one in the pulpit, and my name is the one on the poster. <laughs> hey, man, pretty good indication right there. And so one particular night, ministering under the influence of the Holy Spirit, uh, laying hands on a particular person, the Lord spoke to me, and this is what they said. Tell them they do not walk in that office. They thought they were a prophet. You know, been saved two years, read two books and three chapters in the Bible and thought they was a prophet. So the Lord spoke to by the Holy Ghost and said, Tell them they're not a prophet. Tell them they do not walk or they do not have grace for any ministry gift. And tell them this. If they do not judge themselves and begin to talk and begin to communicate that they do not walk in that office, then I will require, now listen to this, I will require of them that which that office should produce, but they will not have the gift. Not only that, the enemy will be allowed to attack them on the level of that office, but they will not have the grace for that office to withstand. That means you're fixing to get destroyed if you don't shut your mouth. And I watched it happen. They still touted themselves as a prophet. And with a few years, you know, they were gone. That's why you've got to be so careful. We're all of one body. Listen, be comfortable where you are. It takes time. 
to find a place of comfort in the place where you're called to be. It takes time to get comfortable with that. You, th- you know, you see people that have been in ministry for years like Pastor Sam and, and Brother Mark, Brother Christopher Alam, who's used to standing in front of thousands and thousands of people. They seem to be such at ease. It's because that's what they've been doing. It takes time to have seasoning in a ministry, but it also takes time to become a seasoned usher. Can I get a better amen than that? It also takes time to be a seasoned nursery worker. It takes time to be a seasoned sound person, to be seasoned in praise and worship. It takes time for everything that God puts together in the body of Christ to become seasoned so it can function and be used in such a way that we're all effective together in the kingdom of God. It takes time to do that. Now, the Bible shows us, we just looked at that, when we step outside that function and we step outside that which God's doing, then the Bible says the curse can come on us. Now, notice what it also said over in Proverbs. We don't have to go back and read it, but it said, as the swallow or as the sparrow flying, actually it talks about how, I don't know if you've ever watched birds. I'm a big bird watcher. A swallow or a sparrow, they're real fast. And they jump from branch to branch to branch to branch to branch, tree to tree to tree to tree to tree, till finally they find a place to alight. Now listen, there's a lot of junk that comes into the body of Christ that's just like that. It jumps from person to person to person to person to person to person, place to place, person to person, looking for a place to what? A place to alight. A place to find a place where it can begin to manifest. And many times it comes by just thoughts and thoughts coming to your mind. Oh, I think I've got cancer. I think I've got a heart disease or I've got this or I've got that. And it just hops around, hops around looking for something that will entertain it. Well, that's going to be the proof of the pudding of whether or not you're in your place doing what you're supposed to do with the right people. You say, well, there's a resistance that's automatically in you. I've heard people say about different sicknesses and disease that the doctor's trying to tell them, I'm not accepting that. I'm not going to have that in Jesus' name. Well, that's good. That's pretty good proof. You're in the right place at the right time with the right people, and the authority of God is working in you. People that are not like that many times, the first thing that comes out of their mouth is doubt. Pastor, you don't know what the doctor's telling you don't know what that, you don't know what that, I'm telling you. Well, listen, you've got to make a decision in your own heart that you're not going to allow the curse to come upon you and you're going to watch out for it. A lot of people, that's, you know, you've got to pay attention. <laughs> the other day, Friday afternoon, George and I were dove hunting down at his property on the, on, the, on the west end, and George killed a big old rattlesnake. I mean a big old nasty rattlesnake. All of them are nasty, but that one was a spooky one. I mean it was a scary one. And so we could see some birds flying down the pasture down there. So I was going to walk down there and try to kick them up. Maybe I could get a shot and George could get a shot. But when I walked down that pasture, I was walking like this. And then I'd stop and I'd look for birds and I'd take another step. And I, every cow patty, every little bump in the ground, I was checking it out. I was walking real cautious. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Well, there comes time in your life. I'm telling you, when you know there's been a snake near, amen, when you got to take some real cautious steps, you got to look at every cow patty, you got to look at everything that's bumped up in the ground, you got to look, and, and it's, it's the time of the year where we've had enough rain and, and, and cool weather where the sini bean trees, the sini beans rattle when you hit them with your foot, and I'm walking, and I kicked one of them sini bean trees, man, I'm looking everywhere. There's just something about that that makes you cautious. Well, listen, 
there's some curses lying around like them snakes. That's what they're doing. And they're wanting you to step on them. They're wanting you to, they're wanting, listen, one, the enemy wants to get you in a position. Now listen to me. Not where he has the right to do it, but where he has access to do it. Because you're a believer and he never has the right to make you sick. But if you give him, give him access, he's going to make you sick. Amen. Now, I know I'm preaching to the choir when I say that because you're here tonight. But we live in a time in which complacency and apathy are common. You know, in our, in our church, you know, this morning we might have had maybe, you know, uh, 175 to 200 people in the main auditorium. Another maybe uh, 25 to 50, 50 children. But, you know, there are about 500 people that call this their home church. And a lot of people are in the routine of coming once a month, maybe even twice a month, or sometimes every other month, or sometimes, you know, uh, uh, every uh, once a quarter or maybe twice a quarter. That will get you in trouble eventually. You say, why? Because you're out in the world exposing yourself to everything that is of this world, the flesh and the devil, but you come into the body of Christ maybe once a month or once a quarter or once every once in a while to try to get a word or try to get this or try to get refreshed, where actually what you're doing is you're segregating or separating yourself. And listen, all the excuses that we use, none of them are valid in the eyes of God. Well, pastor, you're just saying that because you're a pastor. You want everybody to come to church. Exactly. Don't get it wrong. I am the pastor, and my number one job is to protect you. And how can I protect you if you're not here? Amen. And myself, I don't want to miss anything. God could do anything, anytime, anywhere. But there's something about a faithful routine. You say, what do you mean by that? Studying the Word, praying every day. How many of you are still reading your Scriptures? I had to catch up on three chapters because I got busy, but I caught up. Amen. Thank God I'm ready to start uh, again tomorrow on my next chapter. We gave that to the church in order to give you a little bit of discipline in your Bible reading, hoping that maybe reading one chapter a day, you might read the one above below it or the one above it. You might literally start to actually study, enjoy, and meditate upon the Word of God. Amen? Listen, just because it's 2018, and listen, the phrase, well, everybody's so busy. Have you ever noticed how the world and the world system, now let me say, we'll end with this and we'll, we'll receive communion. When I was a young boy and we went to church every service, mom and dad had us in church every service. We went Sunday morning, we went Sunday night. I miss Sunday night service. We get in our new building, we're going to have Sunday night services. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Thursday night was Royal Rangers and Missionettes. That's what we went to. And then we always had revivals. Brother Hagen would come. Brother John McDuff would come. Others would come and preach, do revivals for us. So it seemed like our entire life revolved around the church. Now, most people don't like to hear that because they like their lives revolving around themselves. But I'm telling you the most healthy, overcoming life you can ever live is a life revolving around the church. Amen. And for years, as the move of God grow, I saw that added to more and more and more and more. And now, in this day and hour, what has happened is there has been an erosion of that by the world and the world system. Back in that day, and we started in, in these types of uh, church or this type of church way back in 1961. a long time ago. That kind of dates us. Amen. Back then, the first few years, we were in Brother and Sister Goodwin's church. 
You couldn't even go out to eat after church because there were no restaurants open. You say, what do you mean there were no restaurants open? There weren't any restaurants open. There were no stores open. There was, no, there was nothing going on. I can remember going to Rice Stadium to watch the Oilers play and the NFL played on Saturday, not on Sunday. But now fast forward to 2018 and everything's open on Sunday. Every restaurant, football teams play. I picked up Pastor Sam two years ago. At the, he flew in on an airplane up to, over to, to Shoals Field. Then I picked him up. And as we were coming out, all of those fields were loaded with families. Soccer, football, softball, baseball on Sunday. All of them. So, now listen, let me ask you a question. What kind of message do you send to your child? If you want your children to be raised in the things of God, what kind of message do you send to them when you take them out of church on Sunday and show them or prove to them that as far as you're concerned, their soccer career or their baseball career or their football career, where all things being equal, they'll never have a career. They're just playing it on Sunday. And the reason we have all that today, people say, well, you're up on a soapbox. Now, no, I'm not. I'm trying to tell you for this cause... For this cause, many are sickly, many are weak, and many die prematurely. You say, why is that? They're just not paying attention to the things of God. And not paying attention to the things of God would be just like not paying attention to that big old snake out there. What was really unique about that incident is George and I got out of the truck. We walk around. The mosquitoes were, oh, my God, there's no way to describe what the mosquitoes were like. We put all this nasty spray on us. And George was kind of walking off to my left, and there was this bush, and there was this long snake skin. See, a lot of times there's always an indication that the devil's around there somewhere. And some of you, if you just be cautious and watch, you can kind of tell. A bunch of thoughts start coming. You might have a couple of symptoms in your body. This might be happening. That might be that snake skin laying there. Amen. And so George kind of cautioned his walk a little bit. And he says, well, here it is over in the bush. And there was a big old bull snake over there in the bush, which is, you know, that's not a snake that you want to kill. And then when he turned around, that big rattlesnake was right there. Right there. Well, if we would have not seen that snake skin, either one of us could have walked over there and stepped right on it. But there was an indication there that something was wrong, that there was something wrong around there. And because of that, it put us on alert. And that's exactly what God wants to happen to all of His children is to have you on alert at all times for yourself, for your children, raise your children in that. So if you see a snake skin or you see something that's not right, you know, man, there's something around here ain't right. Let's make sure we're in church this Wednesday night. Let's make sure we're studying the Word. Let's make sure we're praying. I've seen this nasty old snake skin. That's an indication there's a snake around there. And if you'll make a decision to live consecrated to the things of God, I guarantee you God will be able to help. You know, let me just say this, because this is, I know these are some of my pet peeves, but you might, you might, this might help you. I have noticed some of the pharmaceutical commercials have become more, how can I say, graphic in the explanation of, of not only the side effects, but what disease and how you might have that disease. You know, there may be times, you know, you got a channel thing on your on your remote. A lot of that, if you, if you pay close attention now, listen to me very carefully. Because I saw this the other night, and I know it was the Holy Ghost showing it to me. A lot of that is designed 
by professional psychologists who know how to build suggestion into advertisement. You might have this. You might have this. I mean, and I build suggestion into that. Now, if you sit under that day after day, week after week, month after and you're not sitting under the Word of God, and you don't see that, they can suggest into you a disease, an infirmity, a malady of some kind. Then the next thing you know, the enemy's just waiting for you to get alive to it by the phrase, well, I think I might. You fill in the blank. And he, he'll give you the manifestation of it. Now you've got two witnesses. Now you're in trouble. Amen. So guard your heart. Guard your eyes. Consecrate yourself to the Lord. Understand that curse is like a little swallow just flying around, a little, a little sparrow, bouncing around, bouncing around, bouncing around. But I like what, what that one translation said, it will not hit the mark in you. Everybody say, it will not hit the mark in me, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's have our ushers come, if you will, guys, real quick. Praise the Lord. Brother Frank, you can play softly, if you will. I'm going to go back to 1 Corinthians. Now, that, that's good. I'll do that, Lord. Thank you, Brother Danny. Back to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Thank God for the ordinance of communion. Let me read there, beginning in verse 23. For I have received of the Lord that which I also delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, Take, eat, this is my body, uh, which is broken for you. This do ye in remembrance of me. Everybody say, of me. After the same manner, he also took the cup, which when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it, in remembrance of me. Everybody say of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show forth the Lord's death until he comes. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat the bread and drink of the cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now here's, let me tie this to it since we're receiving communion now. But let a man or a woman examine himself. Don't examine your neighbor, the one in the front or the one in back of you. Examine yourself. Examine your own heart. And so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. So when we receive communion, our minds shouldn't be wandering to, you know, are the Cowboys winning or is, or is this movie on and I'm missing it? or is this? We should be in a, in a mode by the help of the Holy Ghost in a mode of self-examination. Amen. Thank you, Doc. And many times, in order to do that, now listen, this is an important point. You just got to get honest with yourself. Man, there were times back when I was a kid, when I was first getting away from the Lord, I wish I would have examined myself. I wish I would have, I would, I wish I would have done some self-examination instead of examining those around me and blaming them for my own rebellion. Thank God when I got right with God, I grew out of all that garbage. Amen. For let a man or a woman examine himself, so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. 
For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself or herself, not discerning. Now notice, what is the, what is the issue here? You're not discerning the Lord's body. Amen? You say, what do you mean by that? You must discern what is going on when those people are there on Sunday morning. What is going on when those people are there on Sunday night and Monday night and Tuesday night and Wednesday night like we were last week and Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. What's going on when they're there on Wednesday night? What's going on when they're there on Sunday night? What is going on? Now, now the problem is many times there's a natural option. Well, a few of them are gathering to receive communion. But see, we don't see the greater picture of what's going on in the Spirit. The Spirit of unity, the bond of peace, the gathering of the body, the health that we give one to another. Amen. We're not discerning the Lord's body when we when we just take it very flagrantly. Well, you know, I, I, I'm tired or, uh, you know, I've got a choice. I can do whatever I want to, go anywhere I want to. And we use our willpower to regulate what God tells us in His Word to do. If I did that, I wouldn't be here today. There were times when my willpower was like, I don't want to go to Europe now. Amen. I think right after... We had that incident with the first uh, child that Leah was pregnant with and lost it. I had to go, what's it, the next week? I flew off for like 21 days in here. I did not want to go. My will, my flesh, my mind, I want to be at home with my wife. But I had to go. I was discerning the Lord's body. They needed me in Ireland. I needed to be there preaching. I needed to be helping bring health to the move of God over there. I needed to be there teaching the Word. Praying for the sick, ministering the Holy Ghost. I needed to be there. It was the call of God upon my life. So I had to place myself in a place of discomfort. But I was correctly discerning the call of God on my life, the assignment that I had in Ireland at the time, and what God had called me to do. It wasn't easy. Sometimes it's not easy to come to church. It's not easy to give, tithe, or offer. It's not easy to come to prayer meetings. It's not easy to do a lot of that. But when you do that, you're making a correct assumption about that which God has joined you to. Are you with me? It's getting quiet in here. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. Now let me just say this, and we'll receive communion. There is a I like what Pastor Mark Brzee calls it. There is a saturation issue that's unique to the body of Christ and the flavor of the move of God that we adhere to. You say, what do you mean by that? I'm not philosophically trained as a pastor. I never even, I can't even spell psychology. I'm not philosophically changed. I don't weave psychology in and out of my messages. I don't, I don't, I don't take and try to do something that would be, uh, how can I say this, stimulating to your intellect to keep your attention. I just get up and teach the Word as I see it in the Bible. God gave me a gift to do that. I mean, I got so many comments on what I taught on Wednesday morning. I, like, I, like I dug and tried to, tried to get that, you know, years of stuff. I got that in 12 minutes. But it's a gift. You learn how to flow in that gift and it works. So we must understand that these demands that God puts on us, He's not putting them on us to try to be a hard taskmaster over our life. Remember this. Now remember this. God is doing everything He can do 
by supplying for us a venue to stay healthy, to stay happy, to stay prosperous, to stay blessed, and to stay supernaturally connected to what He's doing in the earth. And many people look at that and forsake that and opt for something else that is basically psychology and entertainment and call it God and call it church. Well, the problem is when you get really sick, you're going to look for people like us. You really get an issue in your life, you're going to look for people in which have been faithful to the demands that God puts on us. And God puts those demands on us because He is so concerned about us being on this fallen planet. He wants us healthy. He wants us protected. He wants us healed. And He wants us blessed. Amen. Take the bread in your hand, if you will. Heavenly Father, we lift the bread to you. Jesus is the bread of life. And we're so thankful that He came, got into a body, made in human flesh, that He allowed His body to be broken upon the cross so the power of Satan could be broken over us. And Father, tonight as a church and as a people, we celebrate the ordinance of communion. We break the bread and receive of that which God has given us in Jesus' name. And Father, we celebrate the attributes of the blood of Jesus. Fresh upon the mercy seat, shed seven times, offered once. We thank you, thank you tonight that the blood of Jesus, still fresh, glistening and red upon that mercy seat, is that which cries out for mercy in our lives. We thank you for that, Father. And because of faith in Him and faith in His blood, we receive of the cup tonight. Lord, we love you. We bless your name. We thank you for health and healing in our bodies. Everybody say this after me. Heavenly Father, I thank you. Jesus was wounded for my transgression, bruised for my iniquity. The chastisement of my peace was upon him. By his stripes, I'm healed. Thank you, Father. You bless my bread, my water. You take all sickness, all symptoms from the midst of me. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. All that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. I forget not his benefit, who forgiveth all iniquity, who healeth all diseases, redeems my life from destruction, crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercy so that my youth is renewed like the eagles. Thank you, Father. You've delivered me from the power of darkness, translated me into the kingdom of your dear Son. You've not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. The law of the spirit of life in Christ sets me free from the law of sin and death and the same spirit. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead abides, lives, dwells in me. It quickens, it makes alive my mortal body. Therefore, I speak to my body. I tell you, you are the healed of God. By faith, through confession, I release God's healing power to touch every cell 
of my body, causing healing and wholeness to manifest from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. And with long life, long life, peace and health, he satisfies me and shows me his salvation. Now, thank God you're the healed of God. Come on, you got to thank him. You got to thank him. Come on, you got to thank him. Oh, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Now, let's say this. Let's say this. Heavenly Father, because of what I just said, I now say no flu, colds, allergies, seasonal maladies shall get a hold of me. If they try, my faith will rise up and I will resist it in Jesus' name. I will live through the holiday season into the first of the year. No matter how cold, no matter how warm, I will live in divine health, resisting any temptation to take a cold or the flu or anything else. Thank you, Father. I am immune by the blood of Jesus, the stripes upon his back, to that which is in the world, for greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Now rejoice and thank God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We bless your name. We bless your name. We bless your name. Praise the Lord. Father, we bless your name. Lord, as we do, we declare protection and safety over our travel and work during the week, over our kids in school and our teachers, blessings, traveling on the highways, airways, seaways, railways, any other way of travel or transportation. Thank you, Lord. Your blessing of protection and safety is upon us. Make us ever sensitive to your gentle urging as we're out in public, around people that are hurting that need Jesus. Let us ever be aware that every one of us are called to be witnesses, ministers of reconciliation, bringing people out of darkness into light. Thank you, Father, that you love us so much. We thank you for all that you're doing in us, for us, and through us. Thank you for our church. We walk in love one toward another. We leave tonight as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, and anointed by the Holy God bless you, Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com. Hallelujah, Jesus.